This week on Inside Motorsport, Tony Whitlock continues his conversation with Mike Henry. Welcome back to Inside Motorsport. I'm here with Michael Henry and we're talking about his time when he joined HSB Clayton. I know we were in Notting Hill. Notting Hill, of course. Yeah, furniture I remember the, road the in Notting workshop. Hill. Yep, yes. absolutely. I think it's a furniture place now. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It, it was fairly small from memory. Nothing well, like I can, Clayton. I can, yeah, it was compared to Clayton. It was very small, but but I promise it's twenty thousand square feet because we painted them with hand rollers, <laughs> and uh, and it took a long time. So I, I'll never forget that factory was twenty thousand square feet. Can you tell me who some of the people there you were working with? Oh yeah, it was. I mean, that HSV when it started was amazing. Obviously, the peak of it all was Cranham. John Cranham was, you know, come across from Holden. And, and um, so, it, well, to begin with, there was a, a gentleman called Andy Morrison, who to this day is still a great mate. He's in the UK. He was one of Tom's right-hand men. And he had, it was really his idea um, initially to, he'd got wind of what was happening here in Australia. So he'd lobbied Tom. I think Tom told him to go and have lunch a few times, and um, but but eventually Tom succumbed and said, all right, if you want to go, go and do it. So Andy came out and, and started the ball rolling, and um, I think he, you'd have to ask them to confirm it, so sorry, Creno, if I've got this wrong, but uh, but my understanding was that Andy and Creno somehow crossed paths and yep. and it went from there. So um, so sort of at the peak was, was Creno and Marg Curtis, and you know, fair to say, I think in Marg's defence, she ran the place and Creno did what she told him, and... That's the way it should have been because it worked very, very well. Yep. And uh, but they were great, you know. That as as a pair, you know, whether somebody running the company and, and with, with his assistant, they, they were just awesome. And um, and then from there down, there was old uh, John Harvey, so Slug was there, uh, Marty Watt was there, uh, Rex Nesbitt, and there was a pile of other guys as well. That and, and excuse, you know, apologies to him for not mentioning him, but the, it was a really good place. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a, a guy from my side as the mechanics. There was a 15 of us, I think, as mechanics. There was a bloke called McMiller, for example, who had been at Williams. It's a fair-sized workforce, isn't it? To start something like that, was it was quite big. You know, we obviously had a big job because we had to build, you know, following on from what the dealer team had done with, with all the Brockies cars, then it wasn't like we were building 10. You know, the first build was meant to be 500, turned into 750 cars. Um, that's a lot of cars. Um, and in those days, you know, that Walkinshaw car, I think it had something like 23 bits of fibreglass on it. Yeah. Um, and five glass, you know, not even carbon fiber, because that didn't really exist to any extent oh, at that day. Um, and uh, ultimately, um, you know, you'd get at the, the initial stages, you get ten bits of fiberglass glass, and nine of them would have to go in the bin. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so we had amazing people, quite so a big workforce. What year is this again? Just uh, it was '88, I think. Yep. It was the start of '88. We. we yeah, so I think yep. we painted the floor in 87 and we kicked off sort of the start of 88. Yep. Um, and uh, I didn't mention Blue Doorwood there, but Blue was running the workshop and he'd had involvement with Tom, so a lot of uh, motorsport in Australia with, with Blue. And, and um, yeah, so it was a, an amazing place to be and learnt a lot of things. Um, and HSV, such a success story, you know, I, obviously I'm a bit biased, and particularly to those days, but, um, you know, Tom... Tom was an amazing character and, you know, he, he obviously let Creno get on with it and Creno built a behemoth, a behemoth, you know, it was yes. just what I, it's I know. It's a benchmark in Australia, that's the thing that... I think, I, to be totally honest, having spent some time overseas, in some extent, I think it sent a benchmark for the world. Yes. You know, Jagsport I had obviously already existed in the UK and TWR had existence with Jagsport, but... 
but in the way HSV established themselves um, as the right product in the right marketplace and all the rest of it, oh, I think they were the best ever, you know, mm. or one of, you know. And, yeah, credit to Creno by a mile. It was such a good place to be. Yep. Um, and the successes that they had and then the building of HRT off the back of that, and, you know, that had a couple of iterations. Larry ran the cars to begin with and there's plenty, plenty of good stories about that. But uh, And then, you know, the beginning of HRT, which was still in Notting Hill, and then eventually the move to Clayton. And I think at its height, you know, they were making like seven or 8,000 cars a year. Yeah. Again, somebody else would have to confirm those numbers. But they were awesome. You know, what they achieved was incredible, mm. just fantastic. Yes. It really was a very strong niche that was created. Yeah, huge. And, huge. and obviously sometime down the road, in fact, when HRT, the, all the ownership things and things like that, I mean, the way in which it happened, I mean, very sad to see. I mean, Tom's death was obviously a giant shock for the system, but before that had happened, unfortunately, the, the Walkinshaw empire had shrunk enormously, hadn't it? Yeah, you know, obviously through the, the early 2000s, it was you know, there was peak. some issue. Well, coming up to it, yeah. Yes. So to the turn of the century, you know, from the mid-70s through to the turn of the century, TWR was just the most fantastic company ever. Mm. For, for a kid like myself who wanted to go car racing, yep. um, to get involved with TWR was amazing. And um, it was, yeah, it was a privilege. It's something that I look back on so fondly. Um, and, yeah, so for me, I, I decided that, you know, I'd gotten off the spanners as a mechanic. I'd had enough of that. I was looking for something different. Um, building cars, you know, I'd realised that it was time to do something else. And I, th I think I was born at that time that I, I saw a transition in motorsport. So when I was a kid, every race team was made up of mechanics. Hence, I wanted to become a mechanic. Yep. But by the time I became a mechanic, um, then I think that the the ground had shifted enough that now race teams were centred around engineers. So, you know, Larry came along with Brocky in that late 70s period and uh, and had set something in motion that meant afterwards every team needed an engineer. So, you know, people like Ronnie Havrock around afterwards and, you know, when you look at it today, it's all engineers. So mm. I'd done a, my qualification as a mechanic and then probably at the end of it thought, well, hang on, I've got the wrong qualification here. So... I had a bit of time, you know, tried a bit of rock and roll and all the rest of that sort of stuff, but, but realised I still wanted to go car racing, but it was time to... I had to address the situation, otherwise I was going to be on the spanners. And, and I didn't... Not that I didn't want to do that, because I love being on the spanners, um, but uh, I realised I probably need to do engineering. So I went back to university as a mature age student and did my to degree. Where? I was at Swinburne, yep. um, which was great. Loved was every second of it. In Hawthorne? In Hawthorne, yep. yeah. Full-time. So uh, I, I fixed up my car. I had a... Shitty old FX uh, at the oh, time. Wow! And I gave it a birthday, sold it, and that paid for my first year of uni a computer because computers were new. So for those that understand, I bought a four eight six, which is so old now it's unbelievable. Um, you know, you got the mice running around inside it to keep the power going. But that's how I got through the first bit of uni, uh, and then in the middle of uni, I had to do a year out. Um, so I wrote a letter to Andy Morrison, who had started. HSV, uh, and I, you know, in those days there was no internet, so I typed it out. Uh, I've, I've still got it, and you look at it, and it's bloody awful, really. But it was a real hello, Mr. Morrison. Do you remember me? You know. Yeah. And uh, about two weeks later, I got a phone call back. Three weeks later, saying, "Of course I do. What do you want?" And I said, "Oh, look, I'm 
back at uni, I want a job. I need a job for a year and I thought I could, might be able to get away with a year's holiday in the UK off the back of that. My partner at the time, she travelled and, uh, and I had a bit of a, a thought that I wouldn't mind doing a bit of travel. And by now it's now 19... Uh, so I went back to uni in 94. So this was 90... I wrote that letter in 95. Yep. It took me... Or it took all of us together with TWR's help. And, and this is where, you know, I can't sing high enough praise for what Tom had built and the people that he had working there. The, the effort that they put in to help me get there was incredible. And uh, so the middle of 96, we went over for a 12-month placement. Uh, I was at TWR Engineering, um, worked with uh, some fantastic people at TWR Engineering. And this is a kind of course when Tom Walkinshaw had an empire which encompassed both Mazda and Rover and yep. Volvo and he, yep. he had his fingers across, and as well as uh, Dunlop. Yeah. Uh, tyre division sort of thing? So when I went, uh, Mazda was done, the Rovers were done. So at the time, Volvo, the wagons were about to start, I think. Yeah. Okay. So the, the 850 wagons that they raced. Um, uh, he had had involvement with Benetton, or the, the organisation had had involvement with Benetton. And then in 96, or 95, 96, I can't remember exactly, but there was involvement with uh, Prost, I think it was. Um, and then in the middle of, uh, well, in the 96, he bought Arrows. All right, we'll come back to that story in just a minute with Michael Henry. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.